Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge here with speaker today. Corey's out. How you doing, speaker? Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Doing well. Doing well. It's been actually a good couple of weeks. Uh, you know. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've been on Dig It. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a transition that I had to make just, um, just to deal with a lot of things going on in my private life and work on this side of things. So I had to cut back. It was a hard thing to do. Because I have been here for well, two years now, so it was a very hard thing. But I couldn't give my full attention and my full ability. And every time we do something like this, especially a, a podcast and disseminating information, you want to be on top of your game, you know. And I just felt like I just I couldn't keep that energy up, which is sad because I love you all. And I wish I could keep doing it as consistently as possible, but. Unfortunately, but I'll still drop in as a guest, such as now. So. Yeah, glad to have you on. Glad that we can um, have this discussion because there's a lot of good news to uh, to talk about. Some um, some bad news to, t- to discuss and and touch on as well. But we'll we'll definitely try to balance it and talk about some solutions. But glad to have you, and we'll have you on whenever we can, whenever uh, your schedule allows. But. Mm. Today, yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Always. Good. <laughs> Today, we have so much to talk about. Uh, definitely need to talk about the Twitter Elon Musk uh, situation, as well as CNN plus uh, Disney and Netflix. A lot of g- good news coming out about the, the collapse of their narrative, their control of the narrative. Uh, we'll need to get into some discussion on the manufactured food shortage and supply chain crisis uh, that they have really uh, been pushing lately and uh, have a chat about this election out of France uh, and the protests that ensued. But we we definitely should at the end um, finish up by talking about some solutions to some of these big problems that we're facing and just have a, a nice chat about that. But let's get into this Twitter Elon Musk takeover because it's just so delicious to watch because the uh, you know the the purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk, which was finally accepted by Twitter, the Twitter board this week, it has made for a really interesting shakeup in this social media giant. I mean, liberals are frothing and gnashing their teeth at the thought of free speech returning to this platform. Just just the thought of him owning the. The platform, it's just, it's really weird. I mean, I, I like Musk in a lot of ways and I don't like him in a lot of other ways. At the end of the day, he's an oligarch. He's a multi-billionaire. He has done some things that are very questionable um, that we have talked about in the past as well. So it's not like I totally backed the man myself, but it's like the way they ha- acted over it. In fact, he hasn't even done anything yet. The paper's not even signed. And like nothing's changed, and the way they're losing their shit, it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. we've seen this, we've seen this in the past, but some have even deleted their Twitter accounts in protest. It's just been hilarious to watch. And uh, the Mockingbird media has been melting down as well. Um, but yes, going back to what you just said, I am in full agreement there. I think that for the time being, this could actually be a good thing for us. However, I'm under no delusions about Elon Musk himself or his other ventures. And I definitely warn um, people and am wary myself 
of those other ventures and what the full big picture could mean as far as Elon Musk um, and his influence on society, um, particularly speaking of Neuralink and the implications that that could have for society as a whole, but definitely uh, lots of red flags with Elon Musk in particular. But I think for just if you isolate this Twitter takeover, it could be beneficial for us for the time being. Yes. Um, I, I think so. I mean, it's like from what we're seeing at the moment, definitely. But until any any actual policies or anything changes on paper and you see it announced, um, you know, we can't really say anything, but we, we can speculate. And the speculation is telling me that this is absolutely hilarious what's going on. I mean, yeah. what, what what I can predict or what I see happening is Twitter was an underused brand. Um I said this a few months back that Twitter was actually undervalued because it has kicked off millions and millions of people just because political ideology or they're a little bit edgy and, and, you know, so they, they're tanking their own businesses, but this is what happens in work companies. They, they will destroy your companies. These, uh, pink-haired Avengers. They, they will completely destroy any business after a while. Uh, Bookism but- is by by design, by its its own, uh, it, it, it is self-destructive. It destroys mm-hmm. anything in its path, and they have chosen this wokeism ideology over their shareholders, over their customers, over profits, over um, serving uh, the people, um, it's just really more of a social engineering um, wokeism pushing that agenda. And and that's why I think it was smart how Musk made that move and it actually forced them into doing it. It, it really did um, with buying those shares, being the public figure that he is. Um, if they did not accept that bid, do you know how much more shares they would have lost? It would have just tanked. It would have tanked. And they would have been open and they would have been open to massive liability um, because uh, and I know that Florida was even considering suing um, the Twitter board um, up until, you know, this week when they did accept finally accept the offer um, over their um, fiduciary um, defying their fiduciary uh, responsibilities to Mm -hmm. the shareholders because uh, the state of Florida, apparently their pension funds um invest in twitter so yeah they would have been open to massive liability had they not taken the uh taken the offer but they are just literally crying and melting down at twitter headquarters um per the uh project veritas leaked video that we saw this week but I want to highlight this particular uh, video from um, MSNBC uh, of the Mockingbird Media in meltdown over the uh, Twitter takeover by Elon because it's fantastic. They're talking (laughs) about how Elon's buyout is a threat to our democracy. And uh, they've never had any problem with any of these other big tech oligarchs. But suddenly now there's a big tech oligarch that won't let them have full control of the narrative. And they're absolutely melting down over it. So let's just play this clip real quick um, to watch the hypocrisy on full display. Own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. 
You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. <laughs> it's the best possible idea you can get a projection. That is fantastic. It's because this is what's happening. This is what's been happening for years. Yes, yes. They have been living in a bubble for so long where their narrative goes completely unchallenged and unchecked, that they actually believe their own BS that they're spewing. And they're completely oblivious to the absurd level of their own hypocrisy. It's just hilarious to watch this. And it's jaw-dropping, the lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's the, making me laugh, though, I do have to say. The hypothetical scenario that MSNBC is so afraid of is exactly what's been happening during the tw- and what happened during the 2020 election with huge help from the big tech oligarchs. So mm-hmm. unbelievable. But um, Elon's response to this tweet regarding the Hunter Biden laptop story being censored on Twitter just prior to the election gives us some insight as to where Elon stands on the matter and the direction that Twitter may be going in the future. Here we have um, uh, Sagar and Jetty um, discussing how Twitter's top lawyer reassures staff and cries during the meeting about Musk's takeover. (laughs) But he also mentions that this is the same uh, censorship advocate at Twitter who famously gaslit the world on Joe Rogan's podcast and censored the Hunter Biden laptop story. And Elon Musk responded that suspending the Twitter account of a major news organization for publishing a truthful story, he's referring to the Hunter Biden laptop story and the New York uh, Post, um, was obviously incredibly inappropriate. So it looks to me as though Elon is um, definitely taking a serious stance about uh, this kind of censorship um, and using big tech platforms like Twitter um, in order to accomplish that censorship. But uh, people are wondering, you know, what kind of changes are we going to see? Will accounts be restored? And I know that um, Trump himself has mentioned that he's uh, not interested in returning uh, to Twitter. He has his own Truth Social, which appears to be doing very well, uh, despite the slow rollout. It looks like Elon even uh, made a note of this. Uh, this week about how Truth Social, the Truth Social app is beating Twitter and TikTok, which tells you that there is a massive, and this is what you just had spoken about, is that there is a massive market for social media platforms that allow free speech. And Twitter has been losing that share of the market on purpose because they put their woke ideology and social engineering agenda ahead of market share. 100%. I mean, like, what we can see or what we hope we can see come from Twitter is a few of the 
is people, you know, coming back, if that's the case, you know, um, a few of the edgier people, I, I know you might not like them. I know, you know, heaps of people have certain opinions about them, but you, you're talking about the Alex Jones of the world, you know, Lawrence Southern, people like that. And on the better half, you know, Tommy Robinson, and uh, these were the sort of people that are getting kicked off. I mean, I, I was telling you the other day that I, I went back to my Twitter. You know, I, I think I had about 50,000 followers. You had over 100,000. You know, we, we had a lot of people following us in there. And uh, my account's only read only anymore because it is suspended. I can't get back on it. But just going down my old Twitter feed and the it, it's like a graveyard. The amount of people that I talked to and conversed with, all their accounts are gone like yes thousands of people mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to watch and see if some of these accounts get restored if some people return to the uh platform it already looks like there has been some you know major movement as far as some changes like before handing over the keys to elon it looks like um there have been some changes like the the Twitter employees made some last minute changes to the platform to, you know, to cover their tracks. <laughs> right. Mm. Because many are reporting that there've been these massive spikes in follower counts um, for conservatives and uh, people that we know had been uh, shadow banned or, uh, you know, uh, throttled. Um, while on the other hand, and on the flip side, uh, some major accounts of liberals are showing massive losses in followers as though those those accounts were boosted by having, you know, bots following them to make them seem like they were more influ- influential. So um, I think that we're going to continue to see that. But uh, yeah, already seeing reports of um, some major uh, movement on the follower accounts that's just uh, d- not consistent with the way it's been over the past couple of years, at least, um, mm-hmm. over on Twitter, which is um, as though they flipped a switch just before hand- like handing over the keys to Elon, right? Mm-hmm. Because they know that um, Elon's going to uh, make the algorithm as transparent as possible and uh, d- definitely don't want uh, to um, expose themselves for what they've been doing uh, behind the scenes over there at Twitter all this time, mm-hmm. right? That's a really good, yeah, analysis of it. That's, you know, they don't want to be caught because Elon's the sort of person that will put that out there. You know, he'll go, look what we found in the cloud. Or, you know what I mean? He, he, he'll do that shit. He likes doing that shit. He likes to stir the pot. Oh, he does like to stir the pot. Mm. That's for sure. But what people have noticed is that there were tons of Twitter bots that had typed exactly the same thing. Um, I'm just going to read it off because this is kind of um, fuzzy to read. It says, that's it. That seals the deal. I'm no longer a Twitter user. I've been a user since 2021 and have never been more disgusted. I officially will be deactivating my account. I'm going to blah, 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 whether it's Instagram. Yeah, some of these are saying Instagram, and I think that some of the other Twitter bots were saying um, other platforms. However, they all begin with this exact wording, confirming for me and many others that these are uh, you know, there are a massive number of Twitter bots. And just to give you a, a, a kind of an idea of the scale of this, someone created a video with this plugged into the search engine on Twitter. And you can just see tons and tons of Twitter bots 
typing exactly the same thing. And this occurred, of course, right after the takeover. So uh, it looks like Elon's accomplishing, you know, one of his major goals was to eliminate men- the, the Twitter bots. And mm-hmm. so it looks like that is uh, underway. <laughs> yeah, interesting times, interesting times for a platform that uh, uh, I, I, I have a lot of fond memories of, you know. Um, a lot of good things happened on Twitter before it all got taken away from us, of course, right before the last elections and right before everything happened, and predominantly because of the Hunter Biden story. Right, right. Um, and f- for people like me, I think it was f- for you and many others as well. I mean, we were all, it, there was a massive takedown of conservatives who supported Trump just following the January 6th uh, protest. And um, even though none of us were involved even in that, or many of us weren't, uh, we were just completely just one fell swoop, taken down, suspended permanently, uh, no warning, no reasoning uh, for simply being political dissidents um, of the new ruling illegitimate regime. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if some of those accounts like yours and mine and many, many others are restored. But I def- definitely think that there's um, this is positive news for us for the time being, though, again, we've warned about Elon Musk and his other ventures. Um, we'll take this as a win um, for free speech and for the collapse of their control of the narrative. And speaking of collapse of control of the narrative, more great news coming out about CNN Plus, Disney, Netflix, um, their control of the narrative, their attempts to social engineer our society are absolutely failing with the collapse of CNN Plus, Disney, and Netflix. Of course, no one's really surprised that uh, CNN Plus was canceled because people weren't even watching it when it was free. So It's such a bizarre thing like I, I don't understand why anyone I'm, I'm like you said CNN was free already and it was losing under the ratings to other CNN like to other shows on that network plus Tucker Carson Hannity everything else it was you know rocking up at like five six but they want to make a platform on it it's unbelievable yeah the hubris of these people right <sighs> But Disney and Netflix are these behemoths in the entertainment industry that have felt that they were so insulated and they were insulated enough to be able to push their radical wokeism on society with very little recourse. And they're getting a massive wake up call. I mean, the majority of customers do not want this hot garbage that they're selling and they're voting with their wallets. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix is an interesting one. I was a huge uh, supporter of Netflix when it first came out, um, when it was first kind of rolled out and it was bringing out these new shows and it was giving us something that we had never seen. It was giving us the streaming platform that was bringing us movies and bringing us this, these great originals. And at the start, it was a, it, it was a big thing. Like I, like I remember when it was coming in, everyone got on board. But then, of course, with most companies, the wokeism sets in the money gets too big. They start racking up millions and billions. And it got to a stage where not only Netflix was pushing 
woke agendas, sexualizing of children, such as cuties and all that. Um, it was also jumping the price on every three months or something, it seemed, right? And it was taking away actually good shows. Like they, 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 they became just uh, just the king of cancelling shows that everyone wanted to see and then just replaced them with shit. Yep. And then they wonder why they're losing followers. Mm-hmm. Now, it was it was never going to happen straight at the, at the gate. Um, that what you're seeing with the share prices and the drop, these things take time. Um, and we'll explain uh, a bit about that when it goes to uh, the re- recession that's coming up too. These things take time. Um, they don't just happen overnight. And, you know, the Obamas jumping on board with their documentaries, followed by things like cuties, Followed by all these things led to people moving away from the platform. And now they're seeing the effects of it. It wasn't going to happen overnight. It wasn't going to happen a couple of days later. But now they're feeling the financial pinch. Yes, they are. They are. And um, Netflix's stock has collapsed, losing at least $50 billion in market value. And this does have a lot to do with the sexualization of children in the film Cuties, um, the, the story about the transgender man getting pregnant and he's expecting just the general wokeism that's being push, pushed has made the content just hot garbage that nobody is interested in viewing. And it's really glorious to see people voting with their wallets. I mean, it looks like 35% of Netflix's share, shares were lost last week. Um, Disney is following behind as well um, with in that same trend. And then um, on top of that, Disney's getting hit with um, losing a lot of their um, sweetheart deals that they had received decades ago um, with uh, new laws imposed or uh, just basically revoking their privileges in Florida, losing the, the conglomerate $200 million per year so it's it's so funny the backlash on that as well they're like oh my god protect disney thought you hated billionaires right (laughs) it's just really weird really funny for these people to want to watch these people attack um (laughs) disney attack um elon musk who i mean how many of these people have um tesla cars oh exactly cars. I, I thought they i thought they're all for the environment the guy yeah. that brought you the bit the largest selection of electric cars in the world is a bad guy it's weird right <laughs> right it's just it's kind of hilarious to watch the hispo- the hypocrisy it's just hypocrisy overload on full display but here is the um netflix uh film the latest in crazy wokeness uh, that Netflix is trying to push um, he, called He's Expecting, which is some uh, foreign film, um, just literally about a transgender man um, getting pregnant. And uh, so people are just, you know, over this. They're just done. But Disney has been um, feeling the pain as well. I mean, plummeting more than 30%. Um, Disney is the worst performing Dow Jones stock of the past year. So um, Disney has just been, um, you know, selling out 
to their woke mob employees and throwing their customers, which are families with young children under the bus. And they've put their radical social engineering agenda ahead of the, the customers and the customers who have subscribed to Disney plus or went to these Disney parks are making them now pay the price. So. Mm-hmm. And, and you see the content on the other side. I mean, for a while they they found a way to margin it out do you know what i mean they put a bit of wokeness in then they'll bring out a good video right same with netflix they put a little bit of wokeness in then they'll bring out a good series but at the moment they're not even giving us anything good they're not even giving the people that are debating in the middle whether i should keep this or not a reason to keep it right yeah exactly they've gone all in but All in all, I think it's been a great couple of weeks for toppling these media giants and social media giants who have used their platforms to transform society into their woke dystopian dream. So I'll take it all as a win. And I I would just encourage people to keep doing what you're doing, because this is how we win. The um, psychological warfare, the, the war on the narrative um and the war for free speech right so moving on um do want to talk about um some other things that are going on in the world particularly the uh manufactured supply chain and food shortage crisis i mean everyone's noticing it um the prices at the grocery store uh the um sometimes you know things being out of stock it appears that they're doing everything they can to compound the problem, whether it's the war in Ukraine, the lockdowns in Shanghai, and even these so-called or these these mysterious outbreaks of disasters at major food plants across the U.S. But we know last month Biden said with certainty that will there will be a food shortage, and my gut tells me that this isn't a prediction; it's a plan, right? Well, you can't. With the complete incompetence, there can't be that many incompetent people in Washington. So it's hard to look at this and and look at this Biden economics and what's been happening and how it has fully been destroying any of of the system to be not planned. It's it's just it's so hard to see it being a natural like they're, they're not this dumb. Right. What are you guys seeing in your neck of the woods? Are does are are the supply chain issues hitting you? Um, are there any food shortage issues hitting you? Um, there was a, a few a few months back. It was quite heavy. At the moment, it seems to be stabilizing a little bit. Um, there's still definitely not as much food as there used to be. You can see the decline in 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 stock and shit um but once again we're a smaller population than you it's easier to kind of fake that stuff on the surface for now there is still shortages like i said but it's not anything that's uh that that looks like a date not yet but um it is something to keep an eye on at the moment And I'm wondering if you guys are more affected by the lockdowns in Shanghai, which is a major port. And we talked about this in one of our Hive Mind Mm -hmm. podcasts, the lockdowns in Shanghai. And part of that discussion were the um, implications as far as 
um, supply chain. And if that was actually part of an in, the intention behind the lockdowns in China as like an econo- a tool of economic warfare against the West. And so um, are you guys more dependent on the supply chain coming from China? Um, and do you think that that's going to affect you guys um, in the very near future? I, I think it, it will affect us. Um in some aspects, in, in, in some sort of um, fields, but th- there's a lot of things we do ourselves. I mean, especially with farming and dairy and meats and all, all of that is very close to here. So food is a little bit better than certain other products. Now, machinery, mining, stuff like that, um, a lot of that comes from China and India. They're two of our biggest suppliers. So, so uh, People that, um, oh, I haven't talked about what I do outside of here much, but I do work in an engineering field. My whole family have been um, engineers for a while. And we sell and we supply certain uh, couplings and all that for mines and certain industries. Um, all, our, all our product comes from India. Uh, but what I've noticed on our ends, and this is for the bigger companies, the prices on everything's gone up and um, we've put our prices on everything up. Um, and a lot of these big companies are not even questioning the price rises. It's very strange times. They're just like, eh, okay, like, we get it because of COVID and stuff. Wow. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how long that can last. So. Right. Right. Like just teetering on the edge there, but it's not just, you know, Biden's terrible, domestic policy that's caused inflation it's not just the uh, war in ukraine it's not just the lockdowns in shanghai um and in china um to to affect all of the the food chain or the food supply and the you know supply chain um it's all of this combined making a perfect storm and it definitely appears to be manufactured but on top of that um you know and then you have to throw in why is bill gates you know scooping up farmland why is he one of the or the biggest farmland owner in the u.s you have to really start adding all of these pieces together and start asking questions not just go "Mm, okay i guess it Mm -hmm. is what it is and, and here's the other thing, you know, everyone's all upset about Elon spending $44 billion buying up Twitter, but no one cares about Bill Gates buying up their land. Right, right. Nobody's questioning these things except for um, us, the, mm-hmm. the, the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists who have been forced out of the uh, public square for our opinions and have to use alternative forms of media to get the messaging out. But you never see this kind of this talk on the so-called mainstream or legacy media, which is, um, you know, trying to control the narrative. Um, But, you know, on top of all of this, then we have these mysterious disasters happening at food plants throughout the country. And, you know, this is this is just bizarre because, um, yes, we have eight or so on average per year over the past few years, sometimes eight a year, sometimes six a year, sometimes 11 a year. But so far in the last four months of just 2022, we've had 17. So, and some of these are like planes 
like two different times planes crashing into food plants. Really just, you know, it, it's beyond, it's beyond coincidence at this point, isn't it? It's questionable. <laughs> definitely, definitely questionable. And um, when you add all of this together, it's not just one thing. It is really, it looks to me like a perfect storm of a manufactured, um, an attempt at an, a manufactured food shortage or supply chain crisis. Um, and so I think that um, it's definitely worth looking into and worth people preparing for um, because as we've seen with COVID, as we've seen with the election, as we've seen with so many things, um, the, the ruling regime just does, simply does not care about the well-being of the the public and so oh, we really yeah, just have to start caring not. for ourselves taking care of ourselves and not expecting um anyone to uh be looking out for us in these you know really really important areas and um mm. i wanted to say something real quick um corey who is out this week um has been working really hard on a huge dig that she's done and um, it's called the um, new controlled food system is now in place and will stop at nothing to accelerate their control. So um, she has made a short little video um, telling you about this new article that she has coming out. We're going to be talking about it in depth um, next week, but she want to, wanted to definitely give you guys a heads up about it. So I'm just going to go ahead and play this video from Corey, this message from Corey, and we'll talk about it. Hi guys, sorry I couldn't be with you this week, but I'm on the road and I will be back next week. But I made this really short, quick recording because I'm super excited that I finally got this report done. This is something I've been working on uh, for a while. I've had this on my radar and I've been pulling together various connecting points. So this is about the new controlled food system is now in place and they will stop at nothing to accelerate their control. There's one major aspect that I'm not seeing uh, people talking about. Uh, they've been kind of flying under the radar on this. Um, some people will be familiar with it, of course. But I don't know if they understand the global scale and control of this and what this could could very well mean. So I'm going to go over this next week when I'm back. I'll cover it in our next Dig It podcast. But I just wanted to quickly uh, mention this so that you all can read it and share it because this is all about our food security. It's really, really important information. And it is, uh, it, it's packed full, packed full of information. I break down the, uh, basically the future of food and what their plans are, the companies, the investors, the whole kit and caboodle here. So super important. Um, please share this, read this. And when I come back next week, we will go over it. All right. Have a great week, everyone.
Corey is uh, is with us even when she's not. <laughs> I know that. Like, you have a good week too, Corey. <laughs> yeah, so she'll be back next week to go over that report in depth, and um, we'll talk um, in more detail about this manufactured supply chain crisis, food shortage uh, crisis that they're trying to create. And um, also about her report, which she's going to go in depth on a certain area that really just hasn't been getting much coverage at all. So, but uh, I did want to uh, move on to one more topic uh, that didn't get much coverage here in the U.S. uh, this week. Did it get much cover in Australia, the elections in France? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So following the announcement of Macron's victory in France, there were just massive protests that broke out all over the country. I mean, this is someone who supposedly won the election and immediately following that, there's massive protests. Hmm. <laughs> it's been protests in France for ages, though. Like, this is not something uncommon. I mean, for the last four years, we've seen some of the largest protests in the world originate in Paris and Lyon. And the fact that these have been going on for four years, uh, France was in a terrible state as it is, yet Macron still gets in. And, you know, these sort of things just go to prove that and we've said it a million times before, our leaders are selected, not elected. And we're just seeing that again. I mean, the, how close he is with the UN, he, he could never lose that. And he was never going to lose that. I had absolutely no expectations that he would have lost that. Right. We knew that they would probably try to steal this election. Of course, people were touting how their elections were so much better than ours here in the States because they use paper ballots. And I was like, oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, you better see how this election turns out because, you know, they were already, you know, uh, propping this sort this election over in France as being legitimate because of the paper ballots that they use. It's, oh, it's going to be a free and fair election. Well, you know, it already looks like there was some election uh, tampering with these paper ballots, um, making the Le Pen uh, ballot, paper ballot, um, unusable in some instances, as it appears here in this video. Um, but, you know, as you stated, Macron being this World Economic Forum crony, they couldn't allow Macron to lose. And um, this man has been so hated, but he's been one of the most tyrannical in um, all of Europe uh, over the COVID lockdowns and sending his stormtroopers out against these protesters who were fighting the uh, the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, you know, when you see pictures of uh, Macron with Klaus Schwab and things like that, you yeah. you, you really know that um, they have a lot at stake here to complete their evil plan of a, you know, one world government takeover. And Macron's part of that puzzle piece, right? Just as, say, you know, um, over in Canada, Trudeau is. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean for all of us as far as 
um, free and fair elections. I mean, I know that you have an election coming up in Australia. Mm-hmm. We have a midterm election November 2022. What does this mean for elections going forward as far as, you know, them being free and fair? It's, um, it, it's hard to say. I mean, they're just, they've been rigging these things for a long time. Um, we, we, we know that. Um, and at this point, we can all see it. But, you know, what is the plan to tackle it? That's that's the question, you know. What what can we do apart from what we are doing? Yeah, it definitely doesn't bode well for um, what they're intending to do in Australia and the U.S. and in countries, you know, Western civilization in general, um, as far as elections go. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think that it's um, it's a bellwether sign. It's a harbinger of what they intend to do, um, you know, in our own countries. Um, But that doesn't mean that we become apathetic. It doesn't mean that we uh, stop fighting. And um, this is probably a good time to um, end our discussion with um, some some positive things, like talk about solutions, uh, because there are some big, big issues. And um, one of them is free and fair elections. So, uh, you know, I would say, for me, my belief is that we just, we really have to vote in mass and make it very, very hard for them to cheat. I mean, we cannot have apathy. We need all hands on deck. Get people registered to vote in your own area. We've seen so much success with Scott, Scott Pressler doing that all over the country. And mm-hmm. if you take, say, for the Virginia election, special election as an example of that, that is a model for victory um, where you really get the uh, the grassroots movement going and you show no apathy, you have all hands on deck, you get people registered to vote and you come out in full force um, to make it very, very difficult to cheat. And we know that, that they're going to try every dirty trick in the book, but we just have to come out in such overwhelming numbers as to make it very, very difficult for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 you just know that, you know, that. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think that another thing to do is, you know, videotaping anything and everything that you see that looks suspicious on election day and Mm -hmm. exposing it, standing up and speaking out, not being afraid to. I mean, we just need people to drop the fear and stand up and speak out. That is how we're going to overcome all of this. But what we've seen this week also and last week as well um, with the toppling of these, you know, ginormous uh, media giants, uh, we're voting with our wallets. And that is incredibly effective. Um, and so we're seeing how that model for success is playing out as well, right? So that is another solution, voting with our wallets, speaking out and, and uh, you know, m- making movements in mass um, to tell people, look, we're, we're done being uh, your social engineering, uh, you know, project. We're done being uh, your little um, experiment in how to transform society into this dystopian future that you envision. 
and we're, we're being incredibly successful with it. Uh, CNN Plus, done. Obama's um, podcast, done. Uh, Netflix, Disney, tanking. Uh, Twitter, looks like we're, we're making some major moves to allow freedom of speech um, on the platform. So and huge And freedom wins. of opinions on the yes. platforms, which is what we're really missing. Yeah. And I, you know, you were talking about and just kind of reminiscing about Twitter. I, I just loved the the meme wars on Twitter uh, back in the day before we were kicked off. And, you know, oh, I think yeah. that memes are so incredibly powerful. You think, oh, yeah, like we're going to win the psychological warfare with memes. Well, yeah, that that's one way to do it, <laughs> actually. 100%. I mean, it really did help Trump. Like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely does. And we know the left can't meme. So this just an, another way. Everybody's got a talent. Everybody's got a, a niche. Um, some people are, are good at um, helping with um, registering people to vote. Other people are good at um, motivating people to vote with their wallets and uh, or, or you know, uh, arranging protests or whatever to get raise awareness. Other people are good at creating memes. Yeah, and some people are good at art. Art is a really uh, powerful, you know, uh, platform to have. It can inspire people. It can piss people off. It can show people the truth. Um, so it's really important for those artists to get out there, you know, video makers, uh, drawers, creators. The problem we had before is some of these people would pop up and then get blocked and kicked off sites because they were too impactful. So hopefully we can, you know, put a stem in that a little bit now. Yeah, I'm really excited to see um, as we approach the November 2022 midterms, if Twitter goes on the track that we believe that Elon is, you know, directing it, you know, that the, allowing the free speech, allowing um, these people who were kicked off to come back, allowing that debate on the platform. I'm really excited to see how that can um, raise awareness um, come, leading into the November 2022 on major, major issues. Um, and memes are a powerful, powerful way to do that. I mean, we saw Elon Musk even, you know, being a, a memer himself using one of our uh, Anon's memes of Bill Gates and and the, did you see that the Bill Gates picture yes, <laughs> next to the pregnant man emoji? <laughs> it was very funny. I mean, these, <laughs> these images are powerful and they do uh, they do sway opinion and uh, so and I definitely think if we if it was a fair game, uh, we would definitely win the meme wars. So oh, yeah, I'm excited to see. Um, more of that leading especially leading into um election season so but uh talking about the manufactured uh, supply chain crisis food shortage crisis etc um there's definitely solutions that we can uh do in our own lives and we've 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 talked about this in previous podcasts but it's worth talking about again and again and again um, that we can't depend on others to provide for us. We need to become as self-sufficient as possible. And whether that means growing your own food or storing your own food or networking with others in your community um, who are you know, growing food as well, 
uh, we really, really need to focus on that. I personally am, I'm gardening. I'm just like, there are people that I talk to that are so, so far on the next level than I am, but <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on yeah, it. Yeah, it's a slow process. We get there slowly. Yeah, and it, and it can be fun as well um, to do okay. it. And I like the idea of being self-sufficient. That's the goal. I want to get the government as much out of my life as possible. And I think that should be the goal for all of us to insulate ourselves from as much of, of this, you know, hot garbage that they keep throwing at us as possible. So... Uh, anything else you want to add as far as, you know, um, solutions to some of these these big problems or things that you're doing in your life, uh, Speaker? No, I think you nailed it. I mean, I'm, I've, I've become a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a caveman. <laughs> I've been trying to hoard my money and not spend on certain things that I would call luxuries before. Um, I'm just trying to cut down on a little bit, you know, like whether it's, going out and getting fast food and going, you know what, I'm not going to get that. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to make something that's going to last me three days and have, you know, that enough willpower to stick with that and eat that for three days or something like that. That's um, a lot of what I've been moving to. So trying Smart. to work on my discipline. Mm. Yes, exactly. Cutting back on the luxuries, um, and definitely being wise with your uh, food supply, I think, is all really, really, um, you know, good advice. And I'm actually doing that as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, good, good points there to make. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us today here on Dig It with myself and the speaker. Corey will be back next week. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.